There's not a player in the league I would trade David Pasternak for. I mean, if I could have Dick Clapper back. <laughs> like, if I could bring Dick Clapper back to life. Bruins you know, if we could just Dick reincarnate Clapper. Lionel Hitchman, that would be the problem solver. <laughs> I don't care if Connor McDavid is quote-unquote better at hockey or whatever. Uh, awful vibes. Not a closer. Oh, I never ended the record. <laughs> All right, what's up, everybody? What's brewing? Welcome to the Brews and Brews podcast. This is the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Pride Diehards. Oliver's here. How you doing, Oliver? <laughs> good, good, Chris. Always, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to get that first shout out. Absolutely. Jess is here. Hello. To break down the big Richie trade. Big fudge. Lancey's here. Oh, hey, how's it going? Rob Schlosser's here. Hello, everyone. And we got Sean Rajat here. What's up? Uh, Drew, TBD, we'll see what happens. <laughs> he started the call. His microphone's still not working. He's going to try and restart his computer and come back. But I thought he got that. traded right at the deadline, and he's been helping no, in the processing. Cam's been traded. That's uh, <laughs> We traded him to the Locked on Bruins podcast for future considerations. <laughs> It's still up to which inside are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is our this is our trade deadline show. Um, we figured it'd be fun to just get everybody together. Um, whoever wanted to show up, there might be more people showing up. Who knows? Uh, I don't have the authority to let anyone in, so we'll wait till Drew gets back and see who's here. But uh, for now, uh, anyone got any drinks they want to share? Someone's knocking on the door. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Rob, you look like you're ready. Sure. Um, I have a very on-brand Miller High Life that I'm drinking, and um, let's take a let's take a sip. Again, always as if I haven't been drinking it for the last five minutes. Um, you know what it what it lacks in a big quantity of flavor. I just think it has a, a pretty decent overall taste um so i'll give it a bit of a middle of the road 20 for for tasteability but drinkability i can and will drink these all the time uh so i'll give that a big z33 um i think that'll that'll do it whatever you do don't tell rob that he can drink those all the time um sean what what you got going on in honor of one of our favorite checks uh, being signed recently. I have a Czech Pilsner here from Harpoon. It's part of their new variety pack. It's the Bohemian Pilsner. Um, so trying this now. How is it possible that none of the Bruins' six Czech players are involved in the marketing of this beer? You feel like eventually a Czech Pilsner's got to be in their future for some marketing purposes. Um, but for this, tasteability, it's light. I mean... There's not a ton of taste there, so I'll go with a nice 19 on that one. Um, drinkability is very high, though. You could crush these. 
I'm going to go with a solid 30, Timmy Thomas. What, what is happening? <laughs> Drew has now shown up twice. Uh, once on I believe there's a, there's a dog or a cat. Yeah, that's Sebastian. Um, all right, Lancey, you're up. I am already halfway through this bottle of Prosecco. Fuck yeah. So <laughs> I'm having a great time tonight. Good stuff. I love this that so much. Amazing. I love you, Lance. Prosecco gets a 37 all around. And uh, usually I used to only have it at the holidays. Apparently I'm just making once a month is a holiday. So life is short. That's what I'm doing these days. Uh, Jess, I, I hope I'm not committing any HIPAA, HIPAA violations, but I know that uh, you've been sick recently. Are Everything? you water okay um, you're not going the, you're not it's going the cam clean. hasbrook route no <laughs> cam recently on a podcast suggested if you have covid uh you gotta keep a balance in life you gotta drink beers while you <laughs> you know i was thinking of it but then i was like uh, today's a good day i'm having a good day i don't want to ruin it and risk it look that's so, smart that's you know that's not what we would suggest but we are yeah. not smart <laughs> You know, just trying my best. So um, stay hydrated. Lancey, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I have a Gatorade bottle of water right next to me. Don't worry. All right, Oliver, what's going on, man? I am uh, I am along. Uh, it seems like Jess is in the same spot as me, trying this new thing called H2O. Uh, you'd be surprised on the drinkability scale. It's almost like I need it. Um, you know, I don't know if I could go a day without it. Uh, it does pass the Drew test. I can, I can see him through this. Uh, Taste-wise, it's not quite there. But, you know, when you're coming off a of sickness like I am, just drink fluids, kids. Yeah, I, I disagree with with cam's assessment of COVID, ha having recently had a non-COVID illness and mostly just drinking uh things with electrolytes in them uh drew are, are you uh consuming any alcoholic beverages tonight uh no but i do have something else that's pretty special i got a nectar cola it's got uh 10 milligrams of thd <laughs> I'm, I've never been happier that I'm steering the ship uh, and also Drew just froze. So it's kind of perfect. Yeah. Uh, perfect look at the product drink. placement and everything. Not even see you. Oh, all right. He's back for a second. Hey, we'll back? back to the 21st yeah, century. All right. I'm back now. I, yeah, right. you're good. Uh, I don't know where I left off before I cut out, but I got a nectar cola. It's got uh 10 milligrams of THC. Um, so we're going to give it a whirl. I've had it before. Uh, drinkability 37, tasteability 37. Super sweet. You can't taste the uh, THC. Also, I think that's untastable. But uh, you can't taste the, the marijuana anyway or the cannabis or the weed or whatever you want to say. The devil's Just lettuce. Just an hour listing. Uh... <laughs> the devil's lettuce is You know, those jazz thing. cigarettes. And the, yeah, the jazz cigarettes stuff. is my favorite. But I will say wacky I had a – and I posted this on the Bruins Twitter. It was a Schwarz beer. It was a German – uh dark lager uh very good I, I think i said 16 drinkability tasteability 37 on that it's from bats and river brewing company if you're if you're ever in the neighborhood worth the visit they have a super super cool vibe vibe there so and good beer 
All right, I'm I'm rocking one of my personal favorites. This is a uh, Modelo Chilada Limoni Sol. You can't see it because I got my pasta background on, but oh, there we go. Um, it is highly drinkable, like a 34 drinkability, and you can really taste it. It's uh, with the refreshing flavors of lime and salts, and you know I love those flavors, so going 37 there um so what we're really here to do though other than just goof around uh is talk a little bit about the trade deadline uh let's start with the bruins uh we discussed on this podcast a little bit the garnet hathaway and dimitri orlov acquisition since that podcast uh, the bruins have also acquired tyler Bertuzzi, noted the uh, anti-vaxxer weirdo but also pretty good hockey player um so let's uh i, I mean we, we also missed some pretty exciting production from dimitri orlov who's now the second coming of ray bork um sean let's get your thoughts early because you uh, you got a jet and uh for sure trade deadline as a whole <laughs> any additional thoughts yeah you know uh i feel like we just talked about this uh <laughs> no but those two are great additions to the team. Those two being Hathaway and Orlov, obviously. Um, did not expect this offense out of him. I knew he could score, but I didn't realize the dude has a cannon of a shot. Like, he's been letting it rip, and I think he's really enjoying uh, playing with a team like the Bruins, a little higher offense. Um, I know he's been playing with Lindholm a bit, too. Obviously, the goal he scored last game, beautiful setup between those two. I think he's liking it here. Um, so I'll be interested to see if he has a future at all. Obviously, money's a question there, but love that. Um, and then I was shocked when we saw Bertuzzi come in here because with all the reports, it seemed like they were probably done trading. Maybe a couple you know, minor pieces being brought in. Obviously, then we learned the news of Hall and Felino that probably going to be a little longer term than we originally thought uh so it makes a little more sense there but anytime you can get a top six young winger like him who can score slotting in on you know say your third line probably to start that's that's awesome for this team they're super deep i feel like they're geared up for a long playoff run here couldn't ask for really much more from sweeney he's you know he did a great job at this deadline can't mess up your draft if you don't have draft picks. <laughs> good thing Patrick's not here. He would uh, give you his dissertation on how Don Sweeney's actually good at drafting. But uh, yeah, Jess, do you have any uh, additional thoughts on uh, on the Bruins' acquisitions and what you've seen of them so far? Great stuff. Really happy um, in with the additions. Really all of them, but I think that adding some physicality with uh, someone like Hathaway is great. And then obviously you have Orlov there as well, who um, really helps beef up the defense. And then I was shocked at the Bertuzzi um, acquisition just because, you know, I don't think anyone really saw that coming and, you know, pretty much what Sean said, you know, like with everyone or with the recent developments, in uh, the injuries, it makes sense. And I think that it's just um, 
a great opportunity for the Bruins to uh, just win us a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I saw somebody randomly in the replies of like a Ty Anderson tweet say they heard four weeks on Taylor Hall. I don't know. We've been hearing all sorts of different stuff. Has anybody has anybody actually seen any reports on that? I I, I saw personally four weeks for Hall, and then uh, probably the rest of the season for uh, Felino. But it wasn't in Ty Anderson's replies, so I don't know how credible it is. Because yeah, honestly, and... <laughs> sometimes Ty Anderson's replies are more credible than like actual like other people that are in the <laughs> the reply the reply ties. Yeah, he has um, a good community. Yeah, Oliver, what do you think of uh, what do you think of Tyler Bertuzzi? I mean, you know, known anti-vaxxer as as uh, as stated. Hope it doesn't come down to to an Oilers bees cup, you know, because uh, are they are they letting them across the board? Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. They are. He, yeah, ha- he has played point. in Canada this season. Yeah. Okay, I don't. I, I wasn't too caught up on the Bertuzzi Canada situation, you know, because he was literally the only one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely wild. Like the the only unvaccinated player in the league just but you know i i I think all around he's that kind of guy that if jake debrusque starts to fall off you could slide him off maybe put debrusque on a line that he's comfortable with with someone like hall maybe try to re-energize him but i think debrusque is in great shape right now and i know slanderous to some bruins fans but i think he's an upgrade than craig smith and i know that his point production at the beginning of the season didn't exactly reflect that because, you know, he was hurt for a lot of it. But I think that he's a guy that if you get him beyond a rental phase, he could help you in the future as well. You know, I don't love giving up a first, but shout out Sweeney for dropping that protection if it's if it's top 10, you know, which sometimes if you fall 14th, you can jump to a top 10 spot. So overall, I think uh, Sweeney did a pretty good job with the deadline. I think he improved this team and, it's deep now, and you know they're going for it. You know, Bergie and Krejci said it, you know, one last try. They they want this. They want it all. They're not content with a point record. They're they're content with a Stanley Cup at the least. Yeah, it Rob, you want to jump in? The Tampa Bay Sorry, Lancey. Three straight final appearances to just kind of equate with them, basically, at the deadline. But anyway, Rob, you, you continue. Um... I, I think Oliver brought up a really interesting point that I thought about a little after the Bertuzzi uh, acquisition that, um, you know, we saw Jake DeBrusque out for uh, out for a month plus after the Winter Classic. And, um, you know, we really couldn't settle on a perfect person to slot into that role. You know, we tried Taylor Hall, Craig Smith, may he rest in peace. Um but we really couldn't find a way to keep the check line together and find someone to play with Marshy and uh, Bergeron. Um, and I really think Bertuzzi, in the event of playoff injuries, could be a perfect guy for that. Um, so I really like, and the fact that he gets to slot into your third line otherwise is fantastic. Um, but that was something that really stuck out to me. And I, you know, touching on the other moves, I didn't realize even though he's only about 5'11", I didn't realize how beefy Dmitry Orlov is. I mean, you see the neck whenever you look at a picture of him, but um, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've seen the hits that he's delivered over the years. um, And 
that's a really nice addition. And the fact that he's played with four def- different defense partners in his games, and he's still putting up these numbers, eating a ton of ice time, um, that's sick. And then I've spent years hating Garnett Hathaway. Um, <laughs> and the second he was traded to Boston, that just went down like, you know, uh, I don't even have an anecdote, but, uh, you know, it, it all went away within a second. I was like, the, I think it was Steve Dangle who might have said something like, you know, the Bruins acquire Boston Bruins. <laughs> and I think they did that with three guys this offseason, and it was awesome to see. Yeah, Orlov's built like a goddamn running back. It's great. Um, I, I do appreciate that Montgomery and, and Sweeney kind of have this plan to – rotate guys in and out of the lineup to try and find something that fits but it's really hard to find where Dmitry Orlov fits if he's just firing on all cylinders with everybody good problem to have Lancey what's up man well you know I'm just here to talk about Yesse Puliyarvi and uh Shankosphere but uh (laughs) but no as Oliver mentioned with the top 10 protection it's it's that element of when Tampa made three straight Stanley Cup finals they go out and they get their Blake Coleman. They go out and they get their Barkley Goudreau. They throw out these first-round picks that ultimately don't matter. But at the same time, there's a little bit of protection, that insurance policy, in case everything kind of just, well, turns out like the 2019 uh, hey. Tampa Bay Lightning. But but the Bruins aren't hoping to do that. They're looking for a whole lot more than at least the first round. And uh, I think they, they hit out of the park on all three of the players that they acquired, the two moves that they made way in advance of the deadline. And uh, that just kind of summarizes the NHL trade deadline as a whole at this point. Within the last five years, there's been a whole huge trend towards the bigger deals happen, whether it's a month before or a week before. And then, you know, it's not about the biggest name. It's about the right name. You didn't see James Van Riemsdyk get dealt today. Now that's a whole nother issue with Philadelphia entirely. But Chuck some teams made... <laughs> Some teams made a smaller move or just a better fit type of move. And I'm sure we'll get into that momentarily. But to stay on topic with the Bruins, I like what they did as a team that's going for a last dance type of season where they just went all in. And, uh, well, I mean, what is the future of this team, really? They, they already have a new core, but at the same time, they kind of don't but they're still formulating that identity as a result of these moves that could be more of a long-term solution than a rental. Or if they just decide like, Hey, you know what? We don't actually like any of these guys long-term they're gone. No problem. They're gone. Just like Drew. Yeah. I appreciate Drew just like coming in and out. Boom shakalaka. Here I am. Um, NBA fans. It's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. 
void in Ohio. See show notes for details. But we do have Cam. Uh, welcome to the party, pal. Uh, no, I, I've been here the whole time. I've just been really patient. <laughs> oh man, a few words. I try to make them valuable. So uh, we just kind of been going around the horn, giving our thoughts on all the Bruins moves, both of the Bruins moves, I guess. Um, unless you count the Keith Kincaid move for Shane Bowers, I don't know anything about Shane Bowers. So he made his initial debut this season. Congrats to him. Uh, good, good, good for him. Strengthening that already. He played less than two Providence minutes. Bruins lineup. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Cam, what's up, man? Play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think my takes have been released to the wild, for better or for worse, already. So I'm, I'm more interested to hear, honestly, what everybody else has to say. But um, well, you missed from it. a Bruins perspective. I think uh, it was a successful trade deadline. I, you know, it's always hard to judge that the day of the trade deadline. Um, but I think you know clearly especially with in, in relation to the, the Felino and the hall changes that happened uh, with their injuries, address the need there. Um, got an extra depth up front and in the back where they were already strong with both. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think the Bruins need to do anything drastic. I know like, you know, Chikrin was the name that was being tossed around, probably the biggest name that the Bruins were connected to for a while. It's not like, I feel like in years past, you get connected to a name and you're, it's like, oh man, we didn't get that guy. So this kind of sucks. Like, I'm not really upset about it. It would have been cool, but I don't feel like the Bruins really needed to make a big reach here. And um, I'm happy with the the depth they added. Um, not anything overly exciting besides obviously Bobby Orlov here. But um, other than that, pretty good. Yeah, I feel like... Uh... One thing maybe we didn't discuss is uh, sometimes the trade deadline's a little like jazz. Like sometimes it's the moves that you don't make. Um, and I think that that Gavrikov deal probably in the future ends up being the one that we kind of look back on and say, wow, uh, glad we didn't do that. Because shouts to Yarmo. He, I don't know if he technically got exactly his, uh, his first and third pick. He did get those two picks back, but he did have to give up uh, Eunice Corposalo and uh, take back Jonathan Quick, and I guess he flipped Jonathan Quick. Say, for... In the process, just expedite Jonathan Quick's shipping yeah. to some place else. Blue Jackets legend, Jonathan Quick. <laughs> uh, Drew, you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I I just do these things because my internet keeps disconnecting, and I have no idea where we are in this conversation, and I want to be involved. <laughs> Yeah, well, involve yourself. Uh, what are I don't your, know what were you talking about now. Li- literally the... just talking about the Bruins moves. Uh, what's your favorite thing about the Bruins right now? Chris uh, Bergeron. It's the, it's the toughness. It's the toughness because they had to go out and get someone tough. Actually, in saying that, I like that they went out and kind of got like the toughness because – I think that's like a worthy element of a hockey team still, but I think a lot of people think it has to be these like thugs and the, I guess that's not like a fighter. Um, and that's kind of the, the older brand of hockey, but they brought in guys that are physical that play that kind of game, which is awesome. And sorry, if I I've repeated something else, uh, someone else said, I swear to God, I haven't heard no anything. So far, so far you've been that guy in balcony 306. It's like, they need an enforcer, somebody that can punch a guy <laughs> yeah. in the face. No, but I, I like paper, the, the hot and grit. 
they kind of went along with that. Like, yeah, I guess we could use someone like that, but also they're like decent hockey players and can bring a lot more than that. But they have that element to them, and they're guys that I like having there, I suppose. Yeah, I guess one more thing I wanted to do is kind of go around the horn and have everybody just name their favorite trade of the deadline, whether it be uh, for a team you thought that got better, got a significant side of the deal, or just something you thought was hilarious. And uh, I mean, I'll start with Jess here. I don't know what her answer is going to be, but for Jess answers, um, I just want some it, clarification. Do we want day of deadline itself or leading all the way up to the deadline? Just, I would say like the week leading right, cool. up to it. I have two uh, things in mind, but anyway. Um, Can it be a trade that didn't happen? Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to say Elias Lindholm to uh, the Hurricanes. Uh, mainly because I think that the Flames would have been absolutely dumb to do that. I think that they need to kind of just hold on to Lindholm, uh, even though they're going to have to pay him next year. Uh, I No offense to Noah Hannafin, but um, I would have rather seen his expiring, uh, expiring contract next year go, uh, just because he's going to be a lot harder to negotiate with. And if they... <laughs> If they traded Elias Lindholm the same day that his baby and fiance get released from the NICU, that would have been oh a horrendous, horrendous look. And I'm very thankful that that did not happen. Oliver, uh, do you have a favorite trade of the deadline? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's there's so many things that happened in this It was deadline. a big deadline. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know what the Blue Jackets will ever do without Jonathan Quick, uh, I have to say. <laughs> However, I I think my favorite moment of the deadline is all of these Atlantic Division teams stacking up early on in the deadline just to try and beat the Bruins. And for a solid four days into it, the B's not doing anything i guess let's say i mean whole eastern conference even the rangers are you know doing their best to, to get back and then the bruins just pulling orlov hathaway <laughs> come towards the end basically saying okay you can load up too we're, we're we're gonna come right back at you with it you know it's it's nice for the first time it's in a long time i think we've done that i think we've watched other east teams load up at the deadline and finally, I think Sweeney was like, no, let's let's load up too. Let's go for this. So just that's that's been the best of it, I think. Rob. Ultimately, I just kind of love that uh, the Philadelphia Flyers big move was uh, bringing in Brendan Lemieux. I mean, when you have <laughs> when you have a chance to, you know, uh, exchange moderately tough guys, um, as a, as a team that should be looking to sell every piece they conceivably can. I think that's exactly what you have to do. You know, if you're a, if you're a team that's potentially in the Bedard race, what you, you know, and you come out of a trade deadline with, you know, like a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick and Brendan Lemieux, I don't know how you don't look at that as a tremendous success. Um, clearly, Right, I'll drop that. But uh, <laughs> I just thought that entire saga was so, so funny. And, um, you know, on a 
on a selfish note, I'm really just excited we get to see more of Trent Frederick fighting Brendan Lemieux. Um, you know, I have this image in my head of this huge line brawl. It's, you know, Trent Frederick, Garnett Hathaway, Tyler Bertuzzi. And on the other side, it's D'Angelo, Brendan Lemieux. I can't decide if uh, Provorov or Konechny are in it, but honestly, they can figure that out on the spot. Did I dream this or did Provorov get traded today? He, he did not get moved. He did not. They tried okay. to move him, but they did not. I, I swear I saw a tweet from the Flyers saying that he got traded for a first round pick like many years from now, but that did not happen. Um, Maybe you just got a premonition for June. I, yeah. I had a friend who I was talking to about the Flyers yesterday uh, text me this morning saying bye bye Provi. And I like looked on the internet and I saw like a tweet. Oh, but... <laughs> Maybe we both got got by a fake Flyers account. Um, Sean. Yes, and this will be my last point. Do a little line change with Cam here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but favorite moves. Uh, sorry, Lancey, but I like that the Canes really didn't do much because they would be way extra scary if they did do a big move, per se. I mean, not that the moves they made weren't okay. Um but that that's nice that they didn't do that. And then finally, um, usually during these deadlines, the moves we see aren't the moves that or aren't the rumors that have been getting reported all along. Or like, oh, yeah, that trade makes a lot of sense. It just never happens that way. So when Meyer went to the Devils, it was finally like, yes, like that makes a lot of sense. That's awesome for the Devils. That's awesome for Meyer. Although, obviously, them being East, that's not great. But we can deal with that as the Bruins farther down the road. Um, but, yeah, I, I was really happy for both him and the team because that's a huge, huge upgrade for that team. And, uh, like I said, one of those rumors that finally comes to fruition after, you know, months and months of speculation. So that was pretty cool. Lancey. All right. So I have a few thoughts Shots here. Sean Just- by Sean. Bye, In Sean. general, later, Sean. Sean, okay. go win your game and score hat trick. Uh, <laughs> I love the fact that a lot of players at this deadline got traded back to their old teams. I mean, you had Marcus Johansson going back to Minnesota, you had Nick Bonino going back to Pittsburgh. That was just a trend that made me smile because apparently nostalgia sells. Milan uh, Lucic going back to oh, oh. Almost, almost never actually happened. But anyway, uh, yes, a Puyarvi, a good reclamation project for the Carolina Hurricanes, as we know, Max Pacioretty being the guy that they kind of were like, hey, this is going to be great when they got him for nothing from Vegas. And then he tore his Achilles and then he came back and then he tore his Achilles again. So Puyarvi kind of just slides in there and it's like, all right, somewhere in the lineup you'll go. And just do what Rod tells you because Rod Brendan Moore, the difference between where the Bruins are at, and where the Hurricanes are at, the Bruins are kind of, whether it's fully Jim Montgomery or not, they have all the players, they have all the stars, they just go out and play their own game. The Hurricanes have been more of a systematic team where, yes, you have Sebastian Ajo, yes, you have Andrei Sveshnikov doing their thing, yes, you added Brent Burns in the offseason and he's been phenomenal, but they all adhere to this concept that Rod Brendan Moore puts in front of them and says, this is exactly what we're going to go out there and do tonight. And uh, some nights it works out great. And other nights you put up 50 shots against the Anaheim Ducks and somehow John Gibson steals the game. 
I'm not mad about that or anything. That sounds familiar. In terms of the best deal to make for addressing a need that you have, but not going for the biggest superstar, I really like what the Hurricanes did in acquiring Shane Gostaspierre. He's just a quality guy in terms of, hey, you know what? You could be your third-pairing defender, but he's the best third-pairing defender available, and he's a power play specialist. And if he needs to play up, he can. If he needs to play down, I mean, it's it's possible, but uh, that gives them their flexibility. Are they as scary as the Bruins look on paper? Probably not, but hey, you know what? Hockey is weird like that. My favorite trade outside of the team that pays me to work their games and run the house lights uh i like lars eller going to the colorado avalanche i forgot he was still in the league i don't think the abs are going to be as dominant of a force as they were last season going into the playoffs but i really just like that they got someone that can kind of fit in in the sense that you know losing cadre has definitely affected them a little bit at times Obviously, having Gabriel Landeskog being out due to injury has been a big issue. But at the same time, Mika Ransom has been <laughs> making for that. Team. <laughs> and Nathan McKinnon has been playing pretty well when he's not injured. Eller just kind of provides that stability that, at the very least, if they're trying to look to repeat, they can get out of the first round. Notably, no team that has ever repeated has not made it out of the first round. So, wise words. Yeah. Um Cam, uh, do you have a favorite deal of the deadline week? I do. Um, I was actually thinking about just jumping off the podcast. I was really embarrassed for all you guys that no one mentioned this, but I think it's pretty clearly the move that sent my guy Gustav Rydell from the uh, New York Rangers to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for the one and only Anton Bleed, baby. If it bleeds, it leads. Um, no, actually, though, I think uh, – I think the one that like stands out to me the most um, is probably the Chikrin trade. Honestly, I think that was a really good move for Ottawa. It's going to help them obviously right now. They're trying to make a playoff push, um, but that's the franchise that's been climbing um, the last couple seasons. And you know who knows what's going to happen in the Atlantic after this year. But I think they see the next couple of years as a chance to really dig in and try to establish themselves as a as a perennial contender in the division. Um, and I would be very surprised if they don't end up locking him down with some term if they're going to try to hold on to him here. So I think that's to what, say rebuild over. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? I think this is kind of one of those moves that's that says like, yeah, we're really we're doing it for real this time. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a really solid move. I also just love it because it was one of those things like I was not expecting that at all. You know what I mean? It was yeah. you heard it, a lot of teams involved. In, I think half the league was involved in, in Chikrin or looking at them or whatever. And I didn't hear jack shit about Ottawa the entire time until the trade happened. So those are always kind of fun. Um, but really good move by the uh, by the Sens as well. Everyone got Sens to there. Yeah. That was the one move a year where there's always like, oh, five teams are interested in this guy. And then six team comes out of nowhere. And none of the insiders saw it coming. And you just Never. go, nice. And also the return was just like wildly underwhelming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It just it felt like very anticlimactic because in my opinion, because he number one, the return was you know, it felt like nothing. And then Ottawa, like they're not a contender, but I mean good for Ottawa. Um I don't know. Sorry you have to go live 
somewhere cold now. Apparently, he'll always he... be a yote at heart if it's underwhelming. I mean, Apparently, he wanted to go there. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody don't wants know. to go to Ottawa. <laughs> I mean, the city, awesome. The hockey team place thirty minutes outside. It's the not city. even. The, yeah, the hockey team isn't no... in the city. Hey, so. hey, Ryan Reynolds is going to turn that all around. I'm telling you. <laughs> He is going to make that place the Canadian Hollywood. And well, it's going to be glorious. Ryan Reynolds, I have five bucks. Can I be a minority owner? <laughs> Multi-millionaire Ryan Reynolds can afford to buy this, this billion-dollar franchise. <laughs> Him and his wealthy team of wealthy people. Do we want to go off the deep end and talk about Atlanta and Houston? Anyway. Uh... <laughs> oh, Drew, do you, my... have, a, do you yes. have a favorite... Uh... Yes, hundred percent of the 2023 deadline. Yes. So this guy, you know him, you'll love him. It's the Vesna Trophy guy. No, um, of the uh, past week, which it is Friday evening, March third. This happened on February twenty fifth. Which check your calendars. Yep, that was six days ago. It's within the week. Look at me. Um, that is. Uh, he can do math. Uh, the Boston Bruins trading Keith Kincaid for Shane Bowers. Um, I just think that's low-key a really, really solid move. You get rid of a guy you had as your third string um, goaltender, and you get a he was guy. the third stringer in the AHL. In the AHL, too, because they like wanted to give the young guys minutes. And like, and, well, she's having an, a Vez, a, what's the award in the AHL? The 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 Vesna equivalent. equivalent. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? I, knew this yeah, I think they just like, call it the Vesna equivalent. They're like, yeah, the winner of the Vesna equivalent award. The Vesna like shittier Vesna award. You know, if you were a better player and you could be in the NHL, but so like you're still not one of the top sixty-four goalies. But you know, congrats it's to this same. guy on winning the Vesna, but for the AHL award. It's the same trophy, just noticeably smaller. Being maybe the 65th best goalie in North America. Side note, I love how when everyone was going over the Bruins goaltending depth charts, they were like, yeah, so Kincaid's gone, but they have, you know, Kaiser and Bussy and all these other guys. But no one ever mentioned Michael DiPietro. They're just kind of like, oh, yeah, do you guys remember that he was acquired earlier in the year and, you know, the whole Mika deal and everything? I mean, he's been in the ECHL at this point, but yeah. hey, you know, he exists. He's on the chart. Shouts to the main Mariners. But yeah, I think Shane Bowers is like, there's really no risk in that trade and a lot of reward if Bowers pans out. I mean, he's a first round pick. I did Drew, he... honestly, I'm surprised. He no, didn't he didn't play the, in the Richie for Richie trade. He didn't play in the NCAA. I thought he was an NCAA guy and I love my NCAA guys. <laughs> Connor Clifton. But uh, yeah, I, th I think that's going to low key. If Shane Bowers pans out, we're gonna look back and be like, Keith Kincaid was on the Bruins. What a fucking trade! What? Yeah, and he led the team in save percentage. <laughs> yeah, he led the <laughs> one game he played in the Bruins. And save. Um, yeah, but my my favorite deal of the deadline, of course, is the Richie swap. That's just hilarious. Um, I don't know what either team was thinking. Take my house. Take my apartment. Uh, there you go. Take my Richie. <laughs> <laughs> They actually found out they had the wrong one beforehand. <laughs> the they, were just, like, getting, title. they were getting it back. It was like a little parent swap kind of thing. Do the no. landlords notice? If they just swap apartments, does the landlord notice? <laughs> Will the equipment managers notice? Like, Should they just even bother changing numbers at this point? Or just <laughs> yeah. be like, you know what? If you bought a Ritchie jersey this He's year, not. it's okay. Because you get a free Nick Ritchie jersey with it. I think you're forgetting. <laughs> 
Ritchie is a big beefy boy. Yeah, uh, while while boy. Brett Ritchie does like oh, to throw sorry. the body so around. So his size 56 uh, instead of a 54. He is not as big and beefy as Nick Ritchie is. Big fudge. Brett Ritchie could never be. Um, Do you think it's weird for like the teammates? Um, I was thinking it's almost like I feel like you're like swapping like you're like dating sisters or something like that it's like a little weird you know what I mean it's like <laughs> oh right like you, you compare to like you're gonna be out for team breakfast and be like oh well you know Brett always got eggs <laughs> like that kind of thing <laughs> everything uh you know Nick didn't pass like that and like that kind of stuff you compared to the other one the whole time I mean Even as long as they show as weird. long as they show up for team breakfast right yeah well, that's important if you show up for breakfast with your front office, you, they tell you they want to trade you. Is that what Chicken. happened? Yeah, with Jacob Chickman. Oh my they, goodness. Hey, they invited him to breakfast and they sat him down over whatever. Hey, how's the waffles? By the way, we're going to trade you. Yeah, they and, said, Jake, uh, I'm going to temporarily play in Atlanta for three years. Do you want that or no? <laughs> like, I just... What a time. But I... It. I don't know what the Flames were doing. I truly thought that they were selling today. Um, I guess they sold Brett Ritchie. Um, I'm happy for the other part of that trade. Just exist. No, they needed to sell. Um, Connor Mackey has been struggling in uh, Daryl Sutter's system mainly because he's just playing that seventh defenseman role, Um, and he hasn't had a chance to really see enough time to get a real taste of the NHL and he's been a really good sport about it um the general manager for the flames couldn't say enough things about him uh, enough good things so I think that this change of scenery is going to be good for him and um I'm so tired of Daryl Sutter but that's another story I'm going to steal Chris's thunder for a second and propose okay. what was the most ridiculous trade leading up to the deadline? Does it have to be a trade that happened? I'll ask. It <laughs> has just... to be something that happened. So <laughs> at this point, you could be like the Tanner Janot trade or you know what? The, the whole Timo Meyer, like the number of Honestly, assets in that one deal far outweighing any trade ever before. <laughs> Lancey, I think you named the right one. I think it was the Tanner Janot trade. Yeah. And the great Just, thing is they both happened on the same day. The uh, unbelievable amount of picks that were given up for a guy who Cal is having... A third, a fourth, a fifth, a second, and a first in the following years. And I, it's not the same... So, like, the NBA trade deadline is, like, always more interesting than the NHL trade deadline. And the NBA trade deadline where this year they decided, like, the the going rate for a three and D winger is like a winger a wing uh was five second round picks uh I thought that was hilarious but the the closest we got to that was the uh, Tanner Janot trade which I don't think he's a great player he had a good season last year but uh I don't know could just be like this fourth line guy that they gave up a bunch of picks for I mean should he have like a first have gotten the deal done you didn't have to give up like five more <laughs> didn't he have like a super high shooting percentage last year I think yeah was, i think because he had like, like 24 goals yeah, or something was, like that but it was like a 19 or 20 shooting percentage <laughs> i mean that's obviously sustainable for someone who's never done that before and isn't doing it this year outliers never heard of it yeah but... who is matt Bolesky? 
<laughs> oh boy. These the, days he owns a brewery. Matt Bolesky is a, a warning. That's that's what he is. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much teetering from a yellow flag to a red flag. Oh boy. He's, yeah. He's um oh man, what what are some other good ones? I mean the the quick saga yeah the, the quick saga we, we touched on that briefly but like him being in columbus for what one day i mean i don't blame him i was in columbus once for a day <laughs> oh and then so i went to the dublin irish festival which was amazing i want to go back one of these days um what mikhail grandland moving um i mean i think it would have been the most ridiculous trade so uh, once again i'll I'll ask, does it have to be something that happened because the non-JT Miller trade is maybe the most ridiculous thing? Because word is there was an offer on the table that included know what they would have only picks. It included oh only picks. And God. that is why the Canucks did not accept the trade. I think if you have a what seven-year extension that starts next year, right? Or it was an eight-year extension. Eight-year extension year. starts next year. For a team uh, that's already over next year's cap, if you can free up cap space, a, I'm just what, saying. A 30-year-old player who had a really good season last year and has shown a precipitous decline already, plays no defense, is not scoring anywhere near where he did last year. Like Patrick Kane. Uh, but the Canucks need a center this year, apparently. Apparently. Uh, I think they hey, have you one. you know what? Somehow I like they'll Elias make <laughs> um, And, you know, if they if they get real lucky, they, they I mean, I think they're pretty much out of the, uh, the Bedard running at this point. But um, if they had correctly assessed their team from the beginning of the season, maybe they could have been in it. Um, but you know, Matias Ekholm going to uh, Edmonton—that's that was a big one. What that about the Eric me. Carlson trade that never happened? Him to Edmonton. Yeah, I, I knew that that wasn't going to happen when he said basically he got real frustrated with some reporters asking him, and he said basically if if no one from management has come to him by now, he's not waiving his no trade. <laughs> That's fair. That is very fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Have also, you're stuck gift. on the Sharks. Yeah, he probably likes it there. I mean, I don't know why San Jose kind of sucks, but uh, no offense to anybody who's listening from San. Jose. <laughs> I mean, he was in. He was in Joe Ottawa. Joe Thornton is irate. <laughs> he was in Ottawa. Yeah, he probably as, likes said before. I just have to go. But <laughs> thanks, guys, for having me. Thanks um, for coming, Jess. Of course. Um, Big Fudge is in good hands, and I will make sure that that doesn't change. Perfect. Thank you. Um, last order of business, 45 minutes into the podcast. Um, draft. <laughs> uh, here I read a DraftKings script from June. Um, so, yeah, if you want to know, eh, just use THPN. There was an ad earlier. In the DraftKings Google Docs folder. Okay, so, so the Google Docs folder is not the place to get it. 
I really appreciate Drew's commitment uh, to this bit because it'll be like November and it'll be like the Kentucky Derby is here on DraftKings. <laughs> yeah. Best this is going to get us off the network for like hasn't run in years. The throwing the place, out promo codes that haven't been active for like seven months. The place <laughs> right. to get it is the in MLB Slack. postseason they, is uh, now. They it's posted plugin. in the in the Slack like on a weekly basis. Um, uh, so the I got two uh, last things, but the the first one of those is uh, David Pasternak signed a ninety million dollar extension to potentially make him a Bruin for life. Uh, I assume we're all on the same page here, thinking this rocks. Yeah, yeah, what a I steal! Just, That's a steal. Like, I don't see uh, around, so yeah. <laughs> we were talking five, like twelve and a half million. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey. And would have done it, you know, no questions asked. I will say, you know, I don't. So what is it? 11.25, I think mm-hmm. it is per year. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, I don't care about the extra 0.25 in cap space, but it's just, I'm just sad. It's not an $88 million contract. <laughs> well, you know not what they, I... so I was just, I think, I think they lined it up. So it's eight years for 11 mil, eight times 11, 88, and then 25. That's his draft pick. Okay. Okay. Actually, oh, I, right. okay. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll allow. Shout that. out to the YouTube comments on the Bruce, uh, the Boston Bruins channel for that one. <laughs> okay. So that in that case, Dylan really Larkin's eight point seven <laughs> is him being like, "I'm going to be better than Sidney Crosby." The Boston Bruins YouTube comment section is a really weird place. You think Bruins Twitter is weird? Watch out. See, but why are you going to the Boston Bruins YouTube comment? They had a say, David Pasternak extension hype video, which is actually <laughs> highly harsh. recommend the hype video for his extension. The I don't have a problem with the hype video. I have a problem with you watching the hype video and going, oh, what are people commenting? I feel like what you said, oh, I need to comment on this. I'm a man of the people. <laughs> I need to know. So <laughs> Drew's like, everybody go listen to Bruce and Bruin in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, this, this is actually a spinoff episode. We're having posture of the people with Drew Johnson. Uh, so a crossover episode? I, I will say the, the number one thing for me with this signing is that uh, even though I was never like rooting against David Posternock scoring a million goals, this takes away that little like back of your head like Every time he scores a sick goal, like, oh man, his price just went up. <laughs> At the beginning, he was like, ha ha, yeah, he's scoring. Now you're like, oh yeah, he's still scoring. Like, this, this oh, guy's God, got 45 goals or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was just like, that was an awesome day. I feel like, because it got the, it was the Bertuzzi trade was announced first, right? It was like an hour or two mm-hmm. beforehand. Yeah. And then the Bruins tweeted out that gif. And I think, uh, um, Ty Anderson was the first retweet that I saw. Yeah. And I like, I like, it just is one of those things where like my first thought, again, we've been talking, we've making the comparison the whole season pretty much. But like, my first thought was like, are you taking no time bloom? Because this is what you should have done for fucking Xander Bogarts with the Red Sox should have done with Mookie. But I was just like, wow, I'm so happy. I don't have to like, cause I felt so shitty after I found out Bogarts was leaving. And I just like it was obviously like excitement for like the future with, with Pasternak, but also just like visible relief, like, oh thank God they didn't let it get there. We don't even have to do like the whole like even if we did end up signing with the Bruins again at the, this offseason, we don't have to do the dance, we don't have to do the I don't have to read all the articles that are like he'd be such a good fit here. We don't have to do any of that. We're just done. We play playoff hockey. Ago. And yeah. 
regardless of like last year yeah yeah, regardless of what happens to the Bruins after this season who knows you know what I mean look at what we thought this season was going to be like and how far off we were who knows it's going to happen but even if shit hits the fan as an organization over the next couple years like it will be worth the price of admission to just watch David Pasternak have fun on the ice and as a fan that's just like obviously his talent what he brings is so incredible but he's just so fun to watch and I'm, I'm I'm so excited that he's going to be a Bruin knock on wood for the next eight years, regardless of, of, you know, where this team is headed. And speaking of shit, it was perfectly balanced on Boston sports Twitter as the Pasternak extension was made. And then the Red Sox were like, here's a Kike Hernandez story about him having explosive diarrhea during a game. Great. What are we doing here? <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, shouts to Pasternak getting the bag. Like he's been criminally underpaid for his entire previous what it was six years. Um, he signed that deal right around when Leon Drysaddle signed his eight and a half whatever million dollar deal. Um, Drew, I I understand that Rob is wearing his he's holding up his Pasternak jersey. Uh, which one is that? Is that the uh, first reverse retro? Yeah, the the 21 reverse retro, which I would like to state for the record is now going to be my Halloween costume as uh, Barbie girl David Pasternak. So, oh, oh yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Please tweet that at us. <laughs> Absolutely. You can all expect to see photos of that. Incredible. Um, I have the socks if you need the socks. Perfect. Yeah, but it's absolutely wild. Like, nothing like Leon socks. Dreisaitl signed a deal at around the same time as David Pasternak and David Pasternak took like $2 million less per year. Uh, Absolutely could have gotten at least like 8 million, but whatever. Um, And he probably could have gotten 12 and a half. He had a pretty good case to be the highest paid player in NHL right now. Uh, Not necessarily because he's the best player in the NHL, but because the best players in the NHL have have taken a giant pay cut for many years like Connor mcdavid should probably be making 14 million but um whatever i'm i'm super happy fuck yeah cheers to that hell yeah oh hell yeah real question though who who gets to see after Bergy mcavoy or pasta i think pasta now i think yeah. after this season we, we had talked about this last year a little bit marshawn um, and then yeah in the Will there be a Marshawn, you know, interim period? That's the thing. Like, we don't know. Uh, I, I feel like that's fair to him. Um, and and they did do that funny little fake to Marshy getting the the C before Bergeron. Uh, Still I have not found funny, that jersey but... on eBay. I want it. I'll pay anything for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it goes to Pasternak. Yeah. I think I think McAvoy would deserve it in it any case. It wouldn't be a bad choice. Uh, for sure. And I, I don't think Pasternak necessarily gives off like captain and leader vibes, but he gives off the best possible vibes. And, <laughs> uh, Fun vibes. And sometimes that's all that matters. Yeah. I, I think he'd be a great captain, especially uh, given that he's the guy scoring all the goals. And uh, a lot of times that's kind of the default for captain. The, Say goodbye to Punk I'm captain. going the other way. I think it's going to be McAvoy. I think the I think you're right. A lot of teams do that. I think the Bruins are like a we're a proud original six. We're gonna take our stoic defenseman versus they actually the, value the flashy goal scorer. Yeah. I also feel like 
I, I don't know. Maybe the, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they even like if they were considering this, like brought it to like Pasternak and we're like, Hey, how much do you care about this kind of thing? You know what I mean? Like where it's going to be your Chuck. Do you give a shit kind of thing? If we give it to him. Um, I do think a lot, like, like Chris said, a lot of teams are what, uh, especially nowadays are defaulting to like their young goal scorer and like, Hey, he's our guy. You know what I mean? I, I do think the Bruins are more prone to they're picky. Toward, like, their defensemen and they're like less flashy, but like, you know, I don't know. You just look at their captains like in the past and like they're going to go for more of like the Ray Bork type, I think, than like the, the flashy guy. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't think there's a bad pick between the two of them. Is Do... John Tavares still the captain yes. of the Maple Leafs? That's, yes. that's absolutely right. wild to me. That's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. Also, do you think because there are a couple teams in the league that don't have captains. Do you think the Bruins are the kind of organization that would be okay not having a captain for a no, year if they had like not. no good choices? Originally, I, I, mean, same. I feel like I they would just whoever. When they would when would they not have someone. good choices? I, think they'll do it. I know, but if they were in like the Coyotes situation right I now, I want to hear all they don't have a captain. Yeah, I think uh, I think let's say Bergie retires after this year, which you know. Goes off rides into the sunset. Do you want the interim with Marshy? And do you yes. sit there and do you say, Marshy, for one year, for two years, you're going to be captain, then we hand it off. But the Bruins are such an old school organization. Do they want a one, two year captain? Or do they sit there and say, it's not respectful for, to you to give Pasta or McAvoy the C. So all three of you are going to get the A. One more guy gets the A. And we're going to write it out. And then when Marshy scores, that's when we'll decide between Pasta and McAvoy. I still think they give it to Marshy. It, it's going to Marshy. I I, it shouldn't should... surprise anyone here that I have a chart of NHL captains all the way back in history and that the Bruins have pretty much had one every season with the exception of like 2001 to 2002 and maybe a few times before then. But Ray Bork wore it from... 1985 shared it with Rick Middleton for three years and then had it himself from 1988 all the way to 2000. And then Jason Allison wore it for a season in 2000, 2001. Then it was vacant for a year. And then it became Joe Thornton's for three seasons because, you know, there's a lockout in between that. And then it was Dan O'Chara for 14 years onto Patrice. I just, I don't think that at this point with Brad Marchand having played since the 2009, 10 season, in his 20 games before a full season 2010 2011 that they would just be like oh yeah you know what we're gonna skip you and go on to you know mcavoy posternock because they're the new core they would give it to marshy for a year or two and then say all right you know when he's done and out of here it's going to be mcavoy or posternock and the tradition will continue also just taking a look at exactly what we've seen in terms of you know leadership and not calling first year players rookies and everything that Chara has kind of ingrained into the organization at this point. It, it's just a natural way that you wouldn't have a team without a captain for the foreseeable future. It's going to take until Pasternak retires that you might then run into a situation where the Bruins say, you know what, we can take a year off from this because all the time before then, I mean, the late sixties and early seventies when they were actually contending for the cup every year is the last time that you look at the team and go, yeah, but they didn't have a captain then because they had a bunch of guys. You had, or you had Busick, you had a few other guys that they just shared the a with. 
it it would be just atypical of the Bruins to say to pull the Detroit Red Wings before naming Dylan Larkin captain like four years later to just be like, you guys fight it out amongst yourselves. Uh, Lancey, I do have one question for you. Uh, of the Bruins captains, <clears throat> which one has the greatest name? Is it Sprague Cleghorn, uh, Dick Clapper, or Fern Flamin? <laughs> Apparently, who are <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> we're all Bruins captains. Which feel I, the fern. Feel the fern, I mean, baby. I kind of really like way back in the 1938-9 season when Cooney Whalen was Cooney the captain. Whalen. He was the only one just cut, yeah. Because everyone else has had it at least like two times. I mean, except for George. If Whalen. he oh, if he'd been the Whalers captain, then yeah, absolutely. I do like that they gave it to Dick Clapper when he was 25 in 1932, and then they didn't give it to him for like eight years, and then like in 1939 <laughs> again, they were like, "All right, you can have it back now." Like, what do you think he did? Right. They were like, "All right, yeah, like maybe like we could do like seven full fucking years." You know what? You know what? was probably happened. And then they're like, "You know what?" Oh, you know what? He, he probably missed team breakfast. He was out. He was out just clapping too many dits. I just had to check that. I was like, wait, shit, was he in World War II? And I was like, no, it's okay. It was before that. That would have been a dick move. I was like, what did he do that he wasn't the captain? Oh, he was serving in the war. Oh, my bad. <laughs> one more, one quick hypothetical say, because this wouldn't happen. Bergeron retires, but Krejci's like, one more year. Would you give the C to him? Oh shit! I think it's still gotta go to Marshy. Yeah. Considering that they didn't exactly give an A back to Krejci when he resigned. He's a quitter. Yeah, but opening of the season, he was still announced as an assistant captain. Right. He he, they've shared the A's throughout the year, but he hasn't been officially, you know, in terms of the capacity that he had before going to Czechia and then coming back. I, Mm. I don't think they'd say. All right, you get the C for a year, J- just because ultimately I think Bergeron and Krejci walk off into the sunset at the same time. Do you want Marshy taking the lead and talking with the refs though? That's that's, <laughs> that's why I think it boils here. down to the whoever wears the C <laughs> and the A's gets to talk to the refs. And that's guys think at that point, he's already wearing an A. I mean, he's already <laughs> doing that to some capacity. Maybe he's, you know, Let's take it experiencing Although... some growth in that area. I'll choose to believe that pasta's one time with the c though for the all-star game his yeah. his commentary with the ref was just a plus like you know that's all i'm saying i mean if anything marshan could get for one year and still be on the team and then pass it on to the next guy like what the avalanche did between adam foot and gabriel landeskog milan Heyduk wore it for the 2011 2012 season very cool lancy thank uh, you right. that's why i made the chart I got one thing for you. Uh, we'll have you on for a, like a full playoff primer, but tell us tell us what's up with the Boston Pride. Uh, I mean, currently locked in a deadlock 2-2 with Minnesota, riding that two seed at the moment, trying to pass Toronto this weekend. Uh, top seed will come down to next weekend, though, uh, for you, if you guys can, if anyone can catch it on, uh, on ESPN+, Plus, because the games will be uh, – in Toronto, but it comes down to it. You know, it's 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 a race to the end for the Pride in Toronto for that top seed. We are 23 days away from the Isabel Cup final, and they have not announced where it's going to be yet. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love <laughs> that <insane>. energy. <laughs> However, tickets are on sale to, to catch it. They're playing, uh, they're, they're playing at a... At a <laughs> 
How is that the point, oh, and Surprise, the it's in Kansas. Yeah. You just buy, like, <laughs> Southwest vouchers, and that's what they're selling. But, like, Singapore. I'm going to use my traveler points for all the airlines. Yeah, so it's going to be... It's gonna be if it's at Mullet Arena, I'm going. <laughs> I'd go if it was at Mullet Arena. I would no, be there in an instant if it was at Mullet Arena. Going back there, they're like the Yotes couldn't hold it. We're gonna go there now. Yeah. So it'll be, but it, it, things are things are going well for the Pride again, sitting at one and two. I mean, it's picking up. All the playoff spots are clinched. Could have a battle in New England on our hands, just outside of Boston. Bigger arena for the playoffs, which is gonna be great. They're not playing them at Warrior, uh, so they're doing full stadium style out there uh fun fact they have not done that since season one when they did series and did it at endicott because they thought endicott would be better seating or they couldn't get harvard i actually don't quite know but they'll be doing it on the outside just saying last time they won a cup when it was in series format so you know three peats on the table folks is all i'm saying hell yeah if they don't three peat i will be very very disappointed All right. I will knock over a light pole. <laughs> See, I was going to say that, but I didn't want to condone violence. On that note, thanks everyone for joining. Uh, we, we've lost a few along the way. <laughs> it's really the, the friends we made along the way. Did, they, the did they lose them in the, uh, the Dick Clapper War of 1930? <laughs> yes. Yeah, or, or are they the future considerations? Right. Yeah. Future uh, considerations had one hell of a hell of a trade deadline. That was all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for the, the listening to this edition of uh, GMs being horny for hits. Uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you on, on the next episode. Yeah. Stay horny, I, everybody. I hope another Ooh. trade doesn't happen tonight. <laughs> I mean, it could. It just won't play in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, this this pod will be so out of date. Oh. <laughs> I know that's the issue. It's always Marty it's always Turk my fear. Like by. they're gonna announce, like, oh yeah, Pasternak was actually traded at the deadline, and we just didn't make it official. Yet. Oh, it was a sign-in trade. Yeah, yeah, it was a sign-in <laughs> trade. Get the, we'll get the hometown discount for you, and then we'll send it back. <laughs> Matt could chuck right. on line two. <laughs> There's not a player in the league I would trade David Pasternak for. I mean, if I could have Dick Clapper back. <laughs> like, if I could bring Dick Clapper back to life. Bruins you know, if we could just Dick reincarnate Clapper. Lionel Hitchman, that would be the problem solver. I don't care if Connor McDavid is quote-unquote better at hockey or whatever. Uh, awful vibes. Not a closer. Oh, I never ended the recording. <laughs>